This is Calm and Cozy, episode 85. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about rest, finding relief from insomnia, and appreciating sleep as the ultimate act of self-care and self-love. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth, author of the Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep, and as a sweet listener once called me, your sleep fairy godmother. Today's episode is about one of my favorite things in the world, the nap. I haven't done a napping episode since season one, episode 11, so I was kind of due for one. Although I still believe in that episode, and I do recommend that you listen to that one before you listen to this one, one big thing has changed since season one. I used to claim that I couldn't take short naps and that I had to sleep for at least 40 minutes to feel good, and that's no longer true. I can nap successfully for a few minutes. I can do the power nap. I get it now, and I love it. Nothing has changed in my body, I just changed my expectations. But I do not want to discount those who legitimately cannot nap for whatever reason. This episode is for those who would like to practice the art of the power nap and are open to some fun and healthy experimentation. But before we get into all of that, I have something to ask you. How great would it feel to look forward to bedtime instead of dreading it? To fall asleep easily and without a struggle? To wake up in the morning feeling refreshed? To experience true freedom from insomnia? Freedom from insomnia isn't like anything else on the internet. Sure, you'll find sleep experts claiming they can help, but they're still selling you products and advice to fix your sleep. I've partnered with Derek Lacey, the life coach for insomniacs, and we don't believe that your sleep needs to be fixed. We believe you already have and are everything that you need to fall asleep at night and experience deep, restful sleep. The Freedom from Insomnia course and membership community launches this fall, and we're offering a big founding members discount. Get on the wait list at freedomfrominsomnia.com. Catnap, power nap, siesta. Whatever you call it, it's a short nap that's somewhere between a few minutes to maybe around 20 minutes. Nobody can really say for sure, but let's assume that for the rest of this episode, that's what I'm referring to. A short nap can recharge you sharpen your memory, improve your thinking and focus, improve creativity, and improve your mood. A nap has been proven to be more effective than a cup of coffee. I have my own recipe for the perfect nap. You can learn more about that in episode 11, but for now, I'll quickly share my four-step criteria and then how each of those steps can be applied to a shorter nap. Here's my recipe for the perfect nap. Assess the need, choose the right time of day, control the length, and pick the perfect spot. 
So the first one, assess the need. Are you sleepy because you need to upgrade your sleep habits? Or did you just hit that afternoon slump and need a little pick-me-up? If you're replacing healthy evening sleep with sporadic daytime sleep, that's a problem. I'm not suggesting that you nap so that you don't have to improve your crappy nighttime sleep habits. Number two, choose the right time of day. Do not nap too close to bedtime because you don't want it to affect your sleep later on. Number three, control the length. Don't sleep too long and set an alarm. Number four, pick the perfect spot. Make it cozy, keep the distractions to a minimum, lie down, be comfortable. Don't sit up in a chair in front of the TV where you can be jolted awake by your gaping mouth or a loud Uber Eats commercial. So let's move on to the comment that I hear most when I post about napping. I wish I could nap, but I can't. I get this one a lot. Why can't you nap? Well, it usually breaks down into two main reasons. A nap affects my sleep later on, and when I nap, I feel worse. So I recently went on Instagram and asked my followers to elaborate for me. I got several different answers that surprisingly weren't only about feeling bad physically. April said she always wakes up with a headache. Zach said he often feels gross after a nap, but if it's early enough and short enough, he feels okay. The interesting responses I received were from one woman in my audience who said she can't nap because she has so many other things that she wants to do. And another woman said she's never relaxed enough. Another woman says she often feels guilty after taking a nap. I wasn't really expecting to hear that. I figured if I love stopping to take a nap, well, others must feel the same way too. But it's silly when I say that out loud. If you can't nap, you can't nap. You know your own body. I'm not going to insult your intelligence and tell you that you're doing it wrong. This episode's more about challenging those who want to try and see what happens. And those who want to experiment a little because they know that taking a nap is an option and they want to see if they can make it work. I also believe that sometimes we think one thing is true and then we find out it actually isn't. And as always, I'm speaking from my own experience, so take what you like and disregard the rest. I want to challenge the people who believe that a short nap is affecting their sleep later on. How late are you sleeping and for how long? If you're falling asleep for 20 minutes at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm not calling you a liar, but I highly doubt that that's the reason you can't sleep at night. Leaving several hours in between waking up and going to bed will build enough sleep drive. If you're napping at 8 o'clock at night, we'll stop doing that. But I'm pretty confident that there's something else, or many things, that you're doing that are affecting your sleep. I often hear people complain that a nap just won't work for them, but then they're pouring themselves a big cup of after-dinner black coffee. Or they're working on their laptop in bed, in the dark, right before closing their eyes and expecting sleep to happen. The biggest sleep complaints I hear are self-inflicted. 
Are you staring at a blue screen until bedtime? Are you drinking caffeine too late in the day? Are you eating heavy meals too close to bedtime? Or working out or taking a hot shower and it's making it hard to fall asleep? What's your pre-bedtime routine? It's likely the handful of other habits are making sleep a challenge. When you're willing to get honest about your own habits, it makes it a lot easier to see improvements because results are within your reach. Now, the second reason, a nap makes you feel worse. Let's talk about that one because I can relate. Or at least I used to relate. Here's the deal. I struggle with chronic fatigue. I used to think that it might be a sleep disorder, but I'm working with a naturopathic doctor and it turns out I have adrenal fatigue. Not just fatigue, exhaustion. I'm not saying that it couldn't be anything else, but it's a big culprit, so I'm going to work on this first. I'll be doing a few episodes on chronic fatigue this fall, as well as getting my fabulous naturopath on as a guest. But this episode is about taking power naps, so let's just try to stay focused here, okay? I can have a night of great sleep and wake up feeling tired. It's frustrating, but I'm used to it. At the same time, it's still worth it for me to prioritize my sleep at night because I feel a difference when I don't sleep well at night or if I don't get enough sleep. So in the past, a nap that was less than a half an hour made me feel gross. I had to sleep for at least 40 minutes. Then I started to notice something. A shorter nap, although it didn't make me feel fabulous, took the sleepy feeling away for a few hours. As I describe it, it took the edge off. I started experimenting with shorter naps because I was often hitting that afternoon slump in the most inconvenient places. If I was going to sneak away to sleep in the backseat of a car or in the guest room at a baby shower, I had to make it a good one. The biggest thing for me was paying attention to how I felt before the nap and how I felt after it. Even after five to 10 minutes of being asleep, my body responded positively. I can wake up feeling a little groggy, but shortly after, I no longer feel sleepy. And that's a good thing. If you immediately wake up feeling blah, but 10 minutes later you feel better than you did before your nap, I would consider that a win. Think about this for a moment. A 5-10 to ten minute cat nap is not going to reverse a poor night of sleep, but it can help you get through the next few hours. Are you thinking that a cat nap or a power nap doesn't work for you because your expectations are way too high? Are you expecting to feel amazing after sleeping for 10 minutes? Because not everyone does, but that doesn't mean it doesn't serve a purpose. I don't take a short nap so it will change my entire day. I take one to rid myself of the immediate feelings of sleepiness and fogginess that I'm feeling. And it works. I also have to add that while you experiment with taking power naps, don't be surprised if you can't fall asleep on demand. If I have a business call in 20 minutes, I can't lie down and sleep for 15. No matter how tired I am, the pressure of having to fall asleep right away so I can get as much sleep in before getting up in a certain amount of time, that's just a recipe for disaster. I will be awake the whole time, stressing myself out about having to fall asleep and how much time has passed 
how much time is left? And then I'm going into my post-nap activity anxious and disappointed with myself. Start with short naps in a comfortable span of time. Don't add pressure to the situation by giving yourself an impossible time limit. So going back to my recipe for the perfect nap, I would say the first three of the four rules apply to the power nap as well. Assess the need, choose the right time of day, and control the length. Picking the perfect spot isn't as important because it's a shorter nap. As long as your body parts are supported and it's possible to stay in one spot for that length of time, I think you'll be okay. Let's call the fourth step, lower your expectations. If you're gonna experiment with power nap lengths, please do so in a safe environment. I shouldn't have to tell you this, but I have to anyway. Please don't nap while your kid's playing on the monkey bars at the park or while you're sitting in your car at a stoplight. Be safe, be smart, be comfortable. Some people can have a power nap while riding a busy subway, and I applaud those people. I am currently not one of those, but I suppose it's important to leave room for improvement. And of course, if you need naps often and this isn't normal for you, get it checked out. Maybe your adrenals have shit to bed too. Or maybe it's something else entirely. Get some help. Well, that's it for me. Let me know how the power nap experiment goes. Go grab a copy of my book if you want. The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep can be found on Amazon and other bookstores. This has been the Calm and Cozy Podcast. Thank you as always for listening, my beautiful bedtime thinkers. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.